eunuch the good news of Jesus Christ. Though Isaiah's statements in his verses in Isaiah don't mention Jesus, but they describe Jesus. Are you with it? Are you with me so far? And look at the very next verse. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Philip was prepared. Philip was ready. God knew it, so God called him. The Holy Spirit knew it. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. And look what the end result was of his readiness is this man then was led to Christ, baptized into Christ, and rose to walk a new life. You see it? Do you see it? Amen? Or at least nod your head? (laughs) Good. It's important that we see in this story that God can make a difference. Now, our our difference maker principle this week is God uses me when I'm ready to be used. Read that with me, would you? God uses me when I am ready to be used. That's very important. God will use us. Now, let me give you three quick steps to being ready. Number one, be where God wants me to be. Physical readiness. Be where God wants me to be. You can't influence who God wants you to influence if you aren't where God wants you to be. And that can be a, it could be at a quick trip getting a cup of coffee. It could be at a stoplight with the windows rolled down. It could be at break time in your, where you work. It could be simply talking on the phone or texting or sharing email, FaceTime. Be ready. Beware, God wants you to be. In verse 20, 29 of our, of our story, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So God tells Philip where to go to speak to the eunuch, and he did. Second, back in your notes, be aware of who God wants me to invest in. Be aware of who God wants me to invest in. Look again at our text in verse 30. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So be aware. Find out where the person is. Find out what's going on in their life. Find out what questions they have. He says, do you understand what you're reading? He was ready. He was ready. There's three times most people's lives when they are open to God. Three times. These are on a mouse click, Sam. Number one. When they are under tension. When they're under tension. What does it mean to be under tension? Well, you could have health issues going on. You could be having marital issues. You could have child issues. You could have financial issues. Or you could have all of those issues. Tension. A second one is when they're in transition. Could be transition of a job. Could be transition of a city, transition of a place where you live now, and now you're. Could be that you're homeless, and now you're looking for a place to live. There's all kinds of times when people are sensitive to the Word of God. And then the third one 
is when you're in trouble. When you're in trouble. And boy, that could carry a lot of things. You could have some old habits show up. Like Jeff mentioned about his brother-in-law. You can have some old things rise up that you thought you'd put to, put to rest, right? And here they come. And so when trouble comes, so when you're under tension, when you're in transition, or when you're in trouble, are great times that God can use you to share the good news. So the more you know about the person, the greater opportunity you might have to share. Be where God wants you to be. Be aware of who God wants you to invest in. And then thirdly, be ready to share my faith at any time. Be ready to share my faith at any time. Look at verse 35 of our text in, in chapter 8. Philip began with the same scripture, then used many others to tell him the good news about Jesus. The good news about Jesus. He was ready. He was ready, and he was aware. And he was ready to share that faith. So I want to, the rest of my time, I want to give you five uh, ways to communicate to others. Five ways that you can be ready. So now we're going to, I'm going to have you join me in, let's see, your artistic talents as well. I've given a little bit of space by each of the uh, words there. So our first, uh, our first one is uh, to record uh, your story and uh, to post it, post it. And uh, share. Be ready to share that with people. Okay? So, we're talking about recording recording your... Uh, and, and I think if you put it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Okay? That's not very artistic. That's just words. I got you. Okay? So that we can be a part of just sharing that out there. It's been said that Facebook, most uh, enough people. Let me let me back up and catch this phrase. If Facebook were a country, it would be the third largest country in the world. That's how many people are on Facebook. It's a it's an amazing tool. My kids tell me that, of course, that started back for the uh, younger generation is their, their whatever they did with it. And he said, Dad, you old people have shanghaied that and taken it from us. Well, that may be. That may be. But all I know is it's a great tool. Okay? It's a great tool. The second one I want you to consider. Let me change ends here and see if that, this one will work better. There we go. No, nope, not much. I probably need a new pen is what I need, right? All right. Bridge. Learn to do the bridge. You familiar with the bridge? You just do this. And over here on this side is God. Well, that's worse than the other hand. Oh, thank you. And this one is man. Yeah, let's just, if you want to throw that away for me on your way. Okay. So you've got man here, and you've got God here, and you've got this great gulf between them. There's a great gap in here. So what you need to do is be learn how to share Christ with them so that, this 
gap becomes a bridge. And the cross is the bridge. Now, there's a whole lot more to this that we, can, that we can teach and a whole lot more that we can share. But this is just basically what I want you to understand is that man is on one side, God's on the other, and there's a great gulf between us and it's called sin. And because sin has divided us, we need a Savior. Amen? And our Savior is Christ. Now, there's more to this. And I've done, a, I've done an outline for you and a handout for you. And I can make more available. I, sh- I should have had those ready today, but I, I didn't. Okay? So, I want you to see that because the bridge is really important. And if nothing else about the bridge, if you don't have Christ, you're not going to make it. If you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus is your Savior, if you die today, you're not going to heaven. That simple. You might say, well, preacher, that's kind of judgmental, isn't it? Well, John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So here you go. How about our verse up here? John 5. Jesus is speaking. I assure you, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. You see, once you've gotten on the bridge and you're connected to God again through Christ, you're set. You lose your life today. Verlin went to sleep and woke up with Jesus. He wasn't in any pain anymore. He wasn't struggling anymore. Stephanie was in rehab and she passed away while she was in rehab. Guess what? She's not fighting that urge anymore. She's not fighting those demons anymore. Because we've all got demons we fight. Some of us hide them better than others. Got you? All right. They've already passed from death to life. Now, our third one, our third illustration I want you to work on is do versus done. Do. That's what most people think. Being a Christian, being in Christ, is a list of do's and don'ts. Don't do this, 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 don't do this. Ten Commandments. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it. Put it on their forehead, they put it on their wrist, they put it over the doorpost, they put it on the fence post. I mean, it was all over the place. Don't, 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 don't. And that didn't work, did it? It didn't work. It didn't work. Because when it comes down to it, it's not what you do. It's not what you do. Just pay attention up here, folks. Don't let Satan distract you. Because of what we're talking about, he's going to try to distract you. Okay? This is not what it's about. It's about what already has been done. See, you can't do enough. You could give money to you don't have any more money. You could be, you could hold every uh, office at church. You could be an elder, a deacon, deacon and elder, an elder, a deacon, a deacon and an elder, Sunday school teacher, youth group worker. You could do all that stuff, thinking that somehow God's going to go, wow. See, when I get to heaven as a preacher, well, there's not going to be any problem. 
As soon as I get there, he's going to say, Hey! Peter's going to say, Hey, the preacher's here! And the angels are going to come and bring a limo. And they're going to take me in their Hummer limo all the way up to the throne of God. Because the preacher's here, right? I think what's going to happen when I get there and they find out I'm a preacher, there's a whole different line for me. (laughs) But the good news is I'm in the line. Amen? I'm in the line. Because we don't need to focus on this part. Let's focus on this part. It's not what's what I do, it's what's been done on my behalf. Jesus came to die on the cross so that I could have eternal life. What's John 3.16 say? Quote it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You got it. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, in a nutshell, it said, God saves us. God saved us. Let's get it. God saved you by His special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. You didn't do anything to get it. You just surrendered to the authority of God. And when you learn to surrender to authority is when, <laughs> is when you find great freedom. Young people, the greatest victory a young person can ever experience is when they are able to submit to their parents. When they submit to the authority of their parents, then it's a piece of cake to submit to the authority of God. But kids buck it. They buck that, buck that, buck that authority of mom and dad. You don't know nothing. You're a dumb and old and you don't know anything. You got it. And then they become an adult. And then they have children of their own. Ah! And boy, it comes back to visit you, doesn't it? My mother used to say, you're getting paid back for your, for your raising, boy. I didn't know what she meant. I do now. I do now. It's not what we do. It's what's been done. Now, let's go to the fourth one. I'm not almost out of time. Here we go. Number four. This is what I call the morality Ladder. I, I'm not very good at drawing a ladder, so I'll just I'll do the best I can. <laughs> Does that somewhat look like a ladder? That's not very. Uh, I'd hate to climb that ladder. That'd be tough. <laughs> You'd have to jump some of the. But don't you think about a ladder for a minute? When you think of morality, the morality ladder. When you think of morality, that's somebody that's living a really good, solid life. Amen. They're honest, faithful, all the good things. I want you to think of somebody who you think would be at the top of that ladder? Who would be up at the top of that ladder? Well, God obviously is up there. Say it again. Billy Graham. That's a good name. Any other names? Say it again. Pope. Okay. Another one? I didn't hear it. Oh, Muhammad, Mahatma Gandhi. Thank you. Okay. Mother Teresa. Okay. How about down here? Let's go to the bottom of the morality ladder. Who's down here? Me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Anybody else? Hitler? Lawyers? Doctors? <laughs> the IRS? Politicians? 
Where do you fit on the ladder? Waiting in line to get on? Oh no, you're already on the ladder. Well, where are you? About halfway? Think so? Well, you might be. You might be. Because it's important that we stay growing and we don't stop. And we, we've got to keep moving toward the top of that ladder. Studies show that 80% of Americans think that they're going to get to heaven because they're good enough. They're good enough. And so they're going to get to go just because they do good things. They don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with women that do. Or they don't kick their dog. Or they buy a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Those are all good things. I don't know about the coffee from Starbucks, but... Where are you on the morality ladder? Where are you? Say, I don't know. You're the only one that can answer that. You're the only one that can answer that. Because the reality is, no matter where you think you are, the only way that we ever get to experience this side of the, this, this part of the ladder is by God's grace. It's the only reason we get to come up here. And that's what's exciting, is that when we're in Christ, we're, never, we're not down in this area. We're already up there because we're in Christ. Amen? That's us. We're already there. Uh, Romans 3.22 We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in this same way, no matter who we are or what we've done. Boy, I love that. Now, number five. Number five. This is invite. Invite, invite, invite. Invite, invite, invite. If you were going to have a huge uh, retirement party for somebody, What's the, what's the number one thing that you're going to need to do to have that party and make it successful? Have people there. <laughs> so how are you going to get them there? Invite them, invite them, invite them, invite them, invite them, invite them, invite them. You'll do it in every way possible. Social media, word of mouth, written, written invitations. It's all about come, 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 come. I want to have you here, want to have you here, want to have you here. When Paige and Derry got married, she, she didn't send out any invitations at all to anybody. Baloney, that's half their budget. Putting out those invitations. Remember when you got graduated from high school? And you as a parent, you found out how much the little packet was to get this invitation sent out? And why do you send the invitations out? Get money. Amen. It's all about the money. You know, I'm surprised you didn't put self-addressed stamped envelope in there. You know, like, a, like some of the evangelists do. But invitation. I found a video this week that just so is so powerful. Uh, a church called Sagebrush Church put this together, and it's. It, but every time you hear them say Sagebrush in this video, it's, it's a short video, about a minute and a half. I want you to, but I want you to look past that. Put the name River Oaks where they say Sagebrush, and yet see what they're trying to accomplish with this video. Sam, if you could, please. 
Hi, I'm Joe, and I invited my sister Judy to Sagebrush, and she invited her old roommate Leah and her husband Rusty. Hi, I'm Rusty, and this is my wife Leah. And we invited my mom Mylene, who invited Sid and Virginia. We also invited my mom Connie. Hi, I'm Connie, and I invited my son Dusty and my cousin Jean and Dale. I also invited my hairdresser Jeanette, who invited her neighbor Celia, who invited Randy and Raina. We also invited my sister Tammy. Hi, my name's Tammy. This is my daughter Johanna, and I invited my friend Carrie, also my friend Mitch, Sharon, Katie, and Tammy, who invited Tracy. I invited my friend Rachel, who invited her mother Sandra and her two younger siblings, Roger and Elizabeth. We also invited our niece, Kayla, her husband, Jeremy, who invited Josh and Desi, who invited Zachary. Hi, I'm Zachary. I invited my mom, Elaine, and my friend, Skylar, who invited Cody, who invited Mickey, who invited her mom, Jill, and she invited her son, Jackson. Our niece, Kayla, and her husband, Jeremy, also invited Jenna. Hi, I'm Jenna, and I invited my boyfriend, Adam, and my aunt and uncle, Deborah and Russell, who then convinced the rest of my family to come to Sagebrush. We also invited our good friends, Brad and Kelly. Hi, I'm Kelly, and this is my husband, Brad, and our daughter, Lauren. We are so grateful that Joe invited Judy, and Judy invited Rusty and Leah, so they could invite us to Sagebrush. Wow, I had no idea that so many people would come to Sagebrush just because I started by inviting my sister, Judy. Imagine what you could do if you invited one person, the ripples that would just flow through our church and our community. Isn't that powerful? One spreads to another, to another, to another. River Oaks will never grow numerically until we as a church begin to invite people to come with us. Now, I already know what you're going to say. Preacher, I invite everybody. Okay, keep, keep doing it. Don't stop. But maybe look, out, look from beyond the realm of which you consider those you would invite. Invite the person that you see at Starbucks. Invite the person you see at McDonald's. Invite the person you see at the library. Invite the person you see. You see what I'm saying? Maybe go outside the circle that you have right here and reach out to other people that you don't know. Bring them in. Ask them. In fact, Jesus said, compel them to come. Beg them to come. He had a feast ready to go, but nobody just sat down at the table. He said, go out into the highways and byways and bring them in. Compel them to come in. I wonder what compel meant. I don't know what the Greek is there, but I bet it means a headlock and drag them in. Wouldn't that be fun? You see, our memory verse is critical. I want us to read it again together. Uh, hopefully I've got that slide in there. Sam, there it is. Ready? Let's read together. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and effective so that you will have the right answer for everyone. And unfortunately, spell check didn't work for me. But uh, powerful verse. And you fill out on your connection card that you're going to be ready. And I want you to be ready. Because as followers of Jesus, we've got to be ready. When God says go, we've got to be ready to respond. And that's the most important part of the message today, is that we're ready to respond to what God needs us to respond to. And so I want you, in just a moment, we're going to pray. But perhaps you're here and you need to let Jesus be the master of your life. You've never responded to Him in that way. 
Well, I want to encourage you to pray about that and think about that. And maybe today would be the day that you'd respond to that. Maybe you're here and just need to have Christ forgive you again. Maybe you need to let your brothers and sisters know not what it is, but that you're struggling. Because we could all put our arms around you and struggle with you. Amen? I don't know what decision you have. I don't know what motivation you have. I love the young lady that felt free to come to the front and fall on her knees before God. We need more of that, folks. We've become so smug and so comfortable that we're afraid to let people know that we struggle. All of us do. Starting with your preacher and work work your way down. We all struggle. But we serve a great God, don't we? And we serve a God that loves us and cares about us and wants nothing but the best for us in every possible way. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray. Father, I ask you this morning that if there's someone here that just needs to make a decision for you, that you'd prompt their heart to do that. Father, I just pray that if there's someone here that needs you as their Savior, they would come and let us teach them and show them in your word what that means. Maybe there's somebody here that's been a Christian for a long time, but uh, they, they just kind of become complacent. doesn't really mean much to them anymore. It's easier to sit and nitpick and complain than it is to roll up your sleeves and go to work. God, maybe there's just somebody here carrying a burden that they just they need somebody to help them with. And it's not that we, can, we need to even know what that burden is. We just need to know that they're struggling and we're going to put our arms around them and Love them and help them through it. God, is there one today as we share together in Jesus' name? Amen. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation without Him and we encourage you to respond if God's prompting you to do so. Without